It's time for the Down the Middle Sportscast, and here is your host, Marco. Welcome, everyone. I knew you'd come. Let's start it off with the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders on Monday night. The New York Islanders won 2 to nothing, and in the first period, both the New York Rangers and New York Islanders had a few opportunities, with the Rangers having about five or six opportunities to start. The period came out pretty uh, hard and fast, uh, so to speak. Um, against the Islanders. However, the Islanders uh, came up with a few opportunities of their own towards the end of the first period. Uh, it was a little back and forth, but both goaltenders, Varlamov for the Islanders and Shesterkin for the New York Rangers were fairly solid in the first period. Uh, going into the second period, Eberle hit a post on, in close on the short side against uh, Shesterkin. Uh, music uh, to the goaltender's ears when Puck uh, hits post and makes that ping noise and doesn't go in. Also, um, midway through, Nelson had an opportunity for the New York Islanders on a near breakaway, but Shesterkin made a solid save. Again, both goaltenders came up fairly big uh, to start beginning the first and second periods. Going into the third, the New York Rangers had a breakaway with uh, Mr. Panarin, a.k.a. the bread man, as had this New York Ranger fans uh, affectionately call him. Uh, he tried to go low glove side on Verlamov, but Verlamov was equal to the task and shut down that shot from left to right on the ice if you were facing the net. That was in early in the third period. Midway through, uh, Mr. Fox on the New York Rangers uh, picked Ebley's uh, pocket and hits a breakout pass to Zibanejad, who was trying to aim for the five hole on Varlamov was uh, squared squared up to the uh, opportunity and stopped that shot solidly also. That was halfway through the game into the third period. So like I was saying, this game is, went back and forth quite a bit. Both goaltenders were solid uh, throughout uh, until towards the end of the game, Mr. Sisikis found a loose puck out in front and uh, stuffed it home on a backhand. Then to add insult to injury, Clutterbuck from behind the goal line on the right side passed out in front and hits Martin to uh, stuff it in for the second and final goal of that game. Once again, the Islanders won two to nothing. Thursday night, we had a barn burner between the Islanders and the Pens. Um, Islanders lost this game four to three in the shootout. Sizikas in the first period uh, scored a nice goal falling down up and over on the, the Penguins uh, goaltender the Smith and it was one hell of a play because he was falling over he had a defender on his back he went forehand backhand as he's falling down he lifted the puck up and over the shoulder it was a really nice goal so look at this two weeks in a row I'm saying something nice about the Islanders the world may end anyway going forward uh rust and the pens scored to tie it up in the first period one to one J.G. Pajot also had a power play goal in the first period, which was, was a nice shot on that. He also, I think, went forehand, backhand, and uh, scored on DeSmith also. Barzell had uh, hit a post towards the end of the first period, and then before the period was over, Aston Reese of the Pittsburgh Penguins jammed in puck through Varlamov, and that was all the scoring in the first period. Going into the second, J.G. Pajot had an opportunity shorthanded midway through the second period, but it obviously didn't go in. Barzell picked up a puck at center ice and deked uh, the uh, Pittsburgh defender and finished it off with a nice forehand over the glove of uh, the Smith to get the third goal for the New York Islanders in the second period. 
Then later, late, very late in the third period, 15 seconds left, the Penguins pulled their goaltender and Mr. Malkin, the other guy that Islanders Rangers fans don't particularly care for, hits a slap shot from the blue line and with players out in front, Varlamov didn't have a chance. It went over his uh, stick side, over his shoulder, and the game was tied. Early 15 seconds left to go. Andrews Lee and Barzal had an opportunity to score. However, they couldn't get the shot through on Mr. DeSmith of the Pittsburgh Penguins. In a shootout, the guy that no Ranger and no Islander fan likes at all, the other guy that no one cares about if you're a New Yorker, Sidney Crosby outweighted Varlamov and basically went forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, real slow to the net in the shootout and scored on a backhand shot on Varlamov and that's how the game ended ultimately with the Pens winning 4-3. to three. Continuing with the NHL and with the New York Rangers. New York Rangers on Wednesday night played the Boston Bruins and lost 3-2 to two in overtime. In the first period, Julian Gauthier of the New York Rangers crashes the net and scores his first career goal at 6-10 in the first period, giving the Rangers a 1-0 lead. Later on in the first, uh, Boston DeBrusque had an opportunity late and got shut down by New York's goaltender Georgiev. Going into the second period, power play for the New York Rangers, Kreider had an opportunity with a cross-ice pass in front for Zibanejad, but Zibanejad gets stopped by Tuka Rask with his glove. It was a really nice save on that play. On the same power play, Panarin also gets a pass knocked down by Wagner, who breaks away and scores on glove side on Georgiev to tie the game at one. It was rough as far as the New York Rangers and their power play. Recently, they have not been good on their power plays and haven't been able to score at all. Looking around too much and waiting for the perfect pass and all that, this seems to be an ongoing theme with the New York Rangers since I've been watching them, and they continue that streak uh, going into this game. Boston had a power pl play with, pas with Pasternak, and Pasternak ringed one off the post, set up nicely by a cross-ice pass from Marchand. And on the same power play, Pasternak sets up Marchand in reverse in the middle of the ice, going back the other way from, the, from behind the net, and Gorgia stuffed it with a, glo with a glove hand. It was a really nice play. Also, Boston's power play, unlike the Rangers, they seem to know exactly where the other guy is, and they are quick to execute the passes. Whereas, again, once again, the Rangers, not so much. Later on, on this, uh, in the second period, Zibanejad, Mika Zibanejad of the New York Rangers, had a shorthand opportunity, but Rask makes a nice glove save on him, and... That's where we're at. We are tied at one at the end of the second period. Going into the third period, Bjork of the Boston Bruins scores on Georgiev as Truba falls over going into the corner with Bjork. He, uh, Bjork manages to escape. Truba gets out in front and get, gets the shot in close on Georgiev and goes five hole. Boston takes the lead two to one. Later on, the New York Rangers had an opportunity with a shot from the point. Lemieux of the New York Rangers was out in front of Tuka, uh, Tuka Rask and knocks down the puck with a, high, with a high stick, although it was borderline high. He uh, 
he knocks on the puck and it trickles in behind him and over to the right and New York Rangers uh, Rooney knocks the puck in and the Rangers tied the game at 2-2. Later on Strom hits the post in, a, in close at 7.45 in the third and that was pretty much the scoring in the third period. New York Rangers tied the game at 2 and we go into overtime and once again New York Rangers find ways to mess things up by telegraphing uh, their uh, passes. So in this case, New York Rangers had a two-on-one breakaway and Buchnevich was carrying the puck into the offensive zone. He goes and tries and takes a cross-ice pass to Adam Fox, who was breaking in on the other side of the ice. The defense, the defense reads the play perfectly, knocks on the puck and kicks it out, kicks it out of uh, their end. Going into center ice, Marchand is all by himself, as you know, in overtime they play three on three and that really opens up that really opens up the ice and the New York Rangers basically left it wide open and the guy that I really can't stand once again, if he was on my team I'd love him to death, but because he's not and he, because he's in Boston, that's insult to injury as far as I'm concerned. He breaks in and scores off the pad of uh, Georgiev and that was it folks. New York Rangers lose 3-2 to two in overtime as Marchand hits the pad, right pad of uh, Georgiev into the net, and that's the end of that in this game. Moving on, Friday night, New York Rangers played Boston Bruins again in New York, and Boston wins this time 1-0. In the first period, Julian Gauthier elevates a pass to Lafreniere, Lafreniere on the Rangers who bats it out of the air and Boston's uh, goaltender Halak makes a great save with his right pad, stoning him. New York Rangers played good defense in the first period. Boston Frederick tries stuffing a shot late, but Shesterkin on the New York Rangers is equal to the task and shuts him down there out of the first. Going into the second, Boston had two power plays early in the second period. Shostakin made a couple of nice saves. The New York Rangers only had one shot on net in the second period. For the first 10 minutes, it was not a good night for the New York Rangers as they got a little uptight with Boston. And you could tell that these two teams don't like each other as they got into a couple of fights. The Rangers were more concerned with fighting than with trying to score and win, win this hockey game, as far as I'm concerned. The way, just by watching this game, you could tell they had nothing doing, so they got frustrated. And what did they do? Get into fights, left and right. And they won a couple of fights, but it didn't uh, dissuade uh, Boston at all in this game. Boston just kept coming. Late in the second period, Nick Ritchie scores in tight against Shesterkin. Has Shesterkin leaves a little bit of space up against the left post with his pad because all goalies have a tendency to go butterfly so they have their they just go straight down to their knees as opposed to hugging the post on shots that are in close and towards the post so Shesterkin leaves a sp little bit of a space and Nick Ritchie finds that itty bitty space and scores that was the only scoring of this game going into the third Storm had an opportunity on a rebound from a shot from Capo Caco, yes, that is his name, and I feel bad for that man in his name, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, Rangers uh, had an opportunity late but couldn't score on the power play, and that was it for the New York Rangers. And to end it, 
for this review in the NHL from the past week. On President's Day, the New York Islanders defeated the Buffalo Sabres 3-1. Buffalo hadn't played a game in 15 days because of COVID, and it pretty much showed. Although they did put up a little bit of a fight, overall, the Islanders had their way pretty much against the Buffalo Sabres. In the first period, Buffalo's Olsen had a wide-open shot on the glove side on Verlamov off of a one-time pass, but he got robbed as Verlamov stuck out his glove, hit his glove, hit the post, and out. Moving on, in the first period, Anders Lee scored on a nice deflection pass from uh, John Bailey. The Bailey the Bailey pass came from the left circle, high in the left circle, over to Anders Lee. Anders Lee deflected the pass up and over Olmark, the goaltender of the Buffalo Sabres. It was a really nice it was a really nice uh, goal. Later on, Pajot with a quick wrist shot breaking down on the right side of the ice over the shoulder of Buffalo goaltender Olmark. This was a weird goal because Olmark tried he got handcuffed on the shot, so he stuck up his glove, but he didn't stick it, stick it up high enough. He knew he wasn't going to get to the puck, so he tried to use his head to deflect the shot as was passing by. And he basically, he missed the opportunity, and the puck went right up and over his shoulder as he tried to, to headbutt it with his, uh, with his uh, hockey mask. New York Islanders took a 2-0 lead off of that. Going into the second, Olsen of the Buffalo Sabres scores on a power play, hitting the shot top shelf Varlamov. I've also noticed in, this, in these uh, games that uh, the Islanders have been using Varlamov and not their rookie sensation goaltender from Russia, who's supposed to be a really good hockey player and a really good goaltender. But I've seen him one time and they have not used him. Anyway, moving on. Later on in the second period, Brock Nelson scored on a deflection pass again from uh, Bailey, which again was another nice play from Bailey. Look at this, it's unbelievable. The Islanders have been too good this week, so I've got nothing negative to say about them as far as uh, how they've played so far. And uh, the Islanders took the lead 3-1, to one, and that was pretty much it. As uh, Reinhardt hit a post in the third period, Buffalo's Reinhardt hit a post in the third period on an early power play, but that was it. The Buffalo Sabres looked like they ran out of gas in the third Again, I'm guessing because they hadn't played for 15 days and they hadn't had much in the way of practice. In the NBA on Tuesday night, the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat uh, battled it out on the court with the Miami Heat winning 98-96. to This game was quite a game, at least uh, to my eyes, my untrained uh, fanboy eyes, as the uh, Knicks and Heat went back and forth, like I said. Um, have a question though with the Miami uniform uh, third jersey I guess it is um, they went to, with the Miami Vice logo kind of look on the uh, court which I guess is pretty cool you know 1980 me being an 80s kid I kind of liked it I guess but their uniform as far as the third their third jersey goes it looks like uh, a flamingo on one side pink uh, hot pink kind of on one side of the jersey and fading in onto the right is like a sky blue color. It looked like a flamingo vomited on that jersey and I don't know, I'm both intrigued by it and disgusted by it at the same time. I don't know, it's a really weird look as far as I'm concerned. Um, 
also the New York Knicks third jersey I'm sorry it is atrocious it says it's all black with orange and blue going up the sides uh, alternating in uh, color orange and blue on both left and right sides of the jersey and pants and in the front where you would have the New York Knicks it has the number of the player in the center and then going around it says New York Knicks city that never sleeps on the uniform to me it, it lacks imagination completely it's just an ugly uniform I mean why not just write city that never sleeps and then also we have great pizza too you know New York City the city that has the greatest pizza in the world it just rings false to me it looks stupid I really couldn't care less about that shirt by by that uh, jersey um, the game itself was a good game uh, Derek Rose uh, came in and played with the uh, coming off the bench and had 14 points he looked really good from what I saw and I have nothing bad to say about Derek Rose the coming off the bench and playing the way he played at least in this first game uh, back as a New York Nick also I made a mistake last week I said he had played in 2010 I was wrong I did my research a little later and found that he played with the New York Knicks in 2017 it just feels really long because you know us Nick us me being a forward uh, former New York Knicks fan he felt a lot longer than that let's put it that way also Miami uh, going back to the game Miami Kelly Ol Olenek had uh, 20 points and Tyler Hero had 15 with the uh, game-winning three New York Knicks had an opportunity with RJ Barrett drive uh, dribble driving to the net to the net yeah dribble driving to the net and try to lay up on a running try to hit a running layup but hit off the backboard off the rim and he fell short uh, to tie the game at 98 like I said this game was a pretty solid game and unlike the Nets who played the Detroit Pistons at least the Knicks played defense that's all I got to say about that speaking of not playing defense the New York the Brooklyn Nets and the Detroit Pistons played and in that game the Pistons wound up winning 122 to 111 Harden had 24 points for the Nets Kyrie had 27 Detroit's uh, Jeremy Grant had 32 points a team high and once again no defense for the Nets uh, Mr. Durant didn't play due to a COVID protocol with 630 left in the game the Brooklyn Nets were trailing by 10 104-94 I saw this game and to be honest I did not care for it I thought that the Brooklyn Nets were going to actually win this game win this game handily apparently they thought they were going to win this game handily and decided we're not really going to try hard against this team they're just going to fall over for us because we're the by god brooklyn nets the nets need to pick up their game and start taking every team serious even though the nets haven't won anything yet they need to start acting like they've been there before like Kyrie has like durant has and act like hey these teams are coming after us we got to show them what's what instead of how they have been playing recently which is more like oh we're the Brooklyn Nets you're gonna fall over for us eh -eh. not gonna happen on Wednesday night the Brooklyn Nets decided to do their jobs as I said playing the Pacers and winning 104 to 94 for the Pacers uh, DeMontis Sabonis led the Pacers with 18 points and 9 rebounds in the loss 
For the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving led the Nets with 35 points and 8 assists. Harden had 19 points, 11 rebounds, and DeAndre Jordan had a dunk uh, contest with uh, 12 points and 13 rebounds. Nets went on a 26-5 run for 5 minutes and 30 seconds in the second quarter against the Pacers. At the half, the Nets were winning by 32, 62-30. Nets had a heck of a game, and this was a great comeback as far as playing a whole lot better. Also to note in this game, Kyrie Irving and James Harden decided that they were going to switch it up, and James Harden was going to be the point guard, and Kyrie Irving was going to be the shooting guard. My question to everyone out there is, what do you think of this move? It doesn't seem like... Did the coaching staff know that, that Kyrie and James Harden decided that they were going to switch it up? Did they have a say in it? Because it seems to me like the players are running the uh, team. It seems to me like Kyrie and Harden and Durant are running plays for this team. Steve Nash seems to be kind of a figurehead with Mike D'Antoni being the guy as far as the offensive plays go. And you could tell this team plays like a Mike D'Antoni team. It's all offense and hardly any defense. As a matter of fact, the Nets are 30th in overall defense in the NBA. So the proof is in the pudding with uh, this game against the Pacers. Again, glad that they uh, had a quick turnaround as far as the way they were playing overall. But I put it out to you guys. Hit me up on uh, DTM Sportscast at Gmail. Let me know what do you think about this move with the... Nets players seeming to run the show. On Saturday, the Nets played the Golden State Warriors. In this game, the Nets kept on rolling, winning 134 to 117. Kyrie led the Nets with 23 points. Harden led the Nets with 16 assists and had 19 points. KD had 20 points in 33 minutes of play. Joe Harris has an honorable mention and scored 15 points against Golden State. Golden State, Stephon Curry led the Warriors with 27 points. Kelly Oubre Jr. had 10 rebounds in this game for Golden State Warriors in a losing effort. Durant left the game with a hamstring strain in the third quarter, and he's supposed to be out for a few games. Nets led 65-51 at the half, pretty much cruised to a victory. Golden State Warriors missed 11 straight shots in the third quarter as the Nets won 134-117. to 117. On President's Day, the Brooklyn Nets won 136-125 to 125 over the Sacramento Kings. Kyrie Irving shoots the lights out with 40 points, leading the Nets. And James Harden with a triple-double, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, 29 points in the victory. For the Sacramento Kings, Hassan Whiteside had 26 points, so led, led his team with 16 rebounds. DeAndre Fox had 8 assists. The Nets led 74-68 at the half. In this game, there was really not much in the way of defense. Again, that seems to be a calling card of the Brooklyn Nets. Moving forward, I think that's all you're going to see from them. I don't mind if they keep shooting and keep scoring the way they did, but still, overall, I would like to see some defense on this team. It would be nice. I'm old school that way. Call it what you will. Sacramento had a lead by one point in the second quarter around the 8-minute mark, and they kept it close until 3.30 left in the third quarter. But the Nets pulled away and led as much as by 28 points in the fourth quarter and cruised to the win. On Friday night, the New York Knicks beat the Washington Wizards 109-91. Mitchell Robinson of the New York Knicks had a double-double with 10 points and 14 rebounds in the first half. Unfortunately for him, he got hurt and fractured his left hand when he accidentally tangled up with teammate Julius Randle and left the game at the half. Rookie Manuel quickly on New York Knicks had 16 points. Randle led the team with 24 points and 18 rebounds, and Derrick Rose had 14 points in 20 in 20 minutes. 
on the Washington Wizards side. Russell Westbrook had 23 points and 10 assists and led the Wizards with both in both categories in, his, in the losing effort. On Saturday, New York Knicks beat the Houston Rockets 121-99. to New York Knicks, Julius Randle had 22 points. Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks, rookie, had 22 points and 9 rebounds. Not bad for a rookie. For the Rockets, John Wall led the team with 26 points. Eric Gordon of the Rockets had 24 points and DeMarcus Cousin had 10 rebounds. Also to note, the Rockets didn't have Victor Oladipo with a foot injury and Christian Woods with an ankle. Both guys were out and that didn't help matters for the Rockets in this game. Once again, New York Knicks played really solid defense in this game. I liked it. I gotta call it like I see it. New York Knicks played better defense than the Brooklyn Nets hands down as far as that goes. Moving on, on President's Day, the Knicks beat the Hawks 123 to 112. Julius Randle had 44 points in 41 minutes with nine rebounds. The man played like an absolute beast in this game. RJ Barrett had 21 points and Derrick Rose had eight points in 24 minutes. For the Hawks, Trey Young had led his team with 23 points. Clint Capella led his team with 18 rebounds in the losing effort. Julius Randle was the MVP for the New York Knicks in this game. As far as the game went overall, Atlanta was down by 5 points, 66-61 at half, and Atlanta actually led, led at 1 point, 70-66 with 9 minutes left in the third quarter. Norlin's Noel of the New York Knicks came out with a block party late in the third and helped the Knicks take a lead late in the third with a 93-88 lead. Atlanta later on was down 101-100 with 7 minutes left in the fourth quarter, but the New York Knicks had timely shooting late in the game and managed to stay ahead and finish the game. The overview of this game, the New York Knicks played real well offensively in this game and every time Atlanta came around and made it close, the Knicks would answer back. And once again, Julius Randle hands down overall great play in this game. And to wrap things up with this podcast, I would like to thank everyone for listening. Your patronage is much appreciated. We actually hit 42 listens uh, so far in my three weeks, which is actually more than I could hope for. Once again, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in on this podcast. I wanted to know what you guys think about uh, this more structured version of uh, the podcast. In this episode, like I said, I was aiming to be more natural and more on point and not shoot from the hip as much. So I took a bunch of notes in these for these games. Hopefully you liked what you heard. Um, hit me up again. The email is dtmsportscast at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys think for myself and for my digital introduction person. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. See you next week. Be well.